Today we're going to be continuing our exploration into the heart of Christian service. And you know, for those of us who minister, we must put others ahead of ourselves. But ultimately, we have to put the Lord ahead of others. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, where it says, Ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake, that gives you the right order of priority. Of the three persons involved in ministry, the Lord, uh, the person being ministered to, and the person doing the ministering, the Lord must always come first. And in the Law of Moses, there are several places uh, where uh, he tells the priests to uh, minister to the Lord. And just to pull out a few references, uh, Exodus 28, verses 1, 3, 4, and 41. Uh, if you go there, go there on your leisure, at your leisure, uh, you'll see this. Um, but, but we asked the question, were the priests ministering to the people? Well, of course they were. They were um, offering sacrifices, they were teaching the word, they were settling disputes. But first and foremost, their primary responsibility was to the Lord and not to the people. And we have the same emphasis in the New Testament. And uh, you can see references through the book of Acts, uh, several places where you can actually see this, uh, the same emphasis. And if you go to Colossians 3, uh, there's going to be two scriptures that we're going to be using today as our foundational scriptures for today's segment. And uh, those can be found in Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, where it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. The order is Christ first, others second, ourselves last. So how can focusing on serving the Lord make a big difference in your ministry? That's the question that we want to answer here today in this segment. And uh, I'm titling this, Refocusing Your Motivation. So how can focusing on serving the Lord uh, make a big difference in your ministry? Well, for starters, uh, you'll be motivated to do your work and not make excuses. And don't we too often do that instead of focusing on uh, the, the job at hand? Uh, we often try to make excuses. And you know, if you serve to receive a salary only, you'll never do your best as long as you think you're underpaid. And this is a major concern both in Christian ministry and in the outside world, uh, on your job, uh, if it's not in Christian ministry. Uh, in management, uh, we have to know the motivation of our people. What motivates the people that work for you? What motives, motivates the people that you are responsible for? And uh, first and foremost, the largest percentage of people out there are uh, motivated by salary, by money, by perks, all financial aspects of the job that they are on. And uh, as a result of that, we have people working 30 years, 20 years, whatever it is, uh, all unhappy, unfulfilled, un, uh, uh, too many people that way, because they're serving or working only because of the money aspect of that particular job they are on. And this can be a major pitfall in uh, Christian ministry. And it comes into play as well when uh, we're dealing with the large, uh, I mean, volunteer force where there's no pay at all. So this is a major concern. It can be a primary pitfall in Christian service. 
And you know you'll start doing less when you are motivated by uh, uh, recognition. If you're serving only to get recognition, uh, you'll start doing less when people don't show their appreciation. And this is number two, right behind the financial aspect, uh, the salary. And uh, again, another pitfall that can really uh, uh, enter in in Christian service. This is a big one uh, in Christian service. And, and again, uh, this will play a, a major part with people that are goal-oriented. Those that want to do a good job, that set goals, and, and that are dedicated to their job, whatever that job is. But what happens is, when no appreciation is shown, uh, they start, your, your mind starts playing tricks, and guess what? You start doing less because now you think you're not appreciated. So, and again, this is another major pitfall, a possibility of, of a pitfall in Christian ministry. Paul said, I'm serving Jesus Christ. Paul called himself the bond slave of Jesus Christ, and slaves didn't have the privilege of saying no. And if you want a, uh, an interesting study, uh, take the time to uh, look up that word bond slave. It's the, the Greek word doulos, and it's very interesting if you study it uh, back in the culture, uh, in light of the culture um, that Paul lived in, that ancient uh, culture, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal, so it, it makes for a very interesting study. So what's the only motivation that will keep you on the job, that will get you through the storms, that will get you through the tough situations? It's when you can say, I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That will keep you on the job. And um, even though, uh, however, that when you make that statement, or when you're able to believe that and really make that statement, I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ, we also discussed in an earlier segment where you have to have a mindset that it's God and Christ working in and through you to get the job done. Because what can happen is, if you start focusing too much on, I'm doing the serving, you can get wrapped up in your experience, your knowledge, your solutions, and uh, again, you start thinking that it's you getting the job done. Where in fact, if it's God calling you to ministry, it's God working in and through you to get the job done. And you can see that in Philippians 2.13. Uh, that, that verse will drive it home where it says, For God worketh in you to, to uh, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So uh, keep that mindset, but the focus has to be on I'm serving Jesus Christ. And uh, another result of serving Christ first is that you're going to want to do your best. You know, the, there were priests in Malachi's time who were careless. And uh, they weren't giving God their best. And they were offering sacrifices uh, that were uh, imperfect. Animals that were imperfect. Uh, the blind, the stolen, the lame, the sick. It tells us in Matthew 1, 18 to 18, I'm sorry, Malachi 1, verses 8 and 13. And uh, he, he rebuked them for that. And uh, he said, uh, offer it then to your governor. The Lord reproached them. Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? And that can be found in Malachi 1 and 8. And most of us will, will say when asked that when we uh, want to do something for somebody, when we do something for somebody that we really care about, that we love, 
and, and, and cherish, and, and uh, it's in a relationship that's, that's important to us. Uh, no demand is too difficult. We'll do anything uh, for that particular person. And uh, we, we, do, we work hard to give our best because of the love that we have for that person. Uh, no demand is too difficult. No situation is too difficult. No sacrifices is too hard to, uh, is too hard to give, to make. And uh, when Jacob labored seven years for Rachel, to get Rachel for his wife, those seven years of toil seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for her. It tells us that in Genesis 29:20. And uh, to quote missionary David Livingstone, he said, We ought not to talk of sacrifice when, we're, when we remember the great sacrifice which he made, who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. And uh, remember this also, uh, there is no age limitation as to when God makes a call to ministry. When he calls you to ministry, there's no age limitation. In fact, C.D. Studd, C.T. Studd, at the age of 52, he was called into ministry and he went to Africa. He dropped everything and got rid of everything. He left everything to go to Africa. And people told him he was foolish. He was nuts. And guess what? It's your, usually your, your, your inner circle, your family, the people closest to you that oftentimes will try to get you off track, unwillingly, of course, and unknowingly. But, uh, you know, they try, you know, they love you and they try. But guess what? It's, it's the call of God that you have to go for or follow through on. And Stud's reply was, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Boy, what a way to answer the uh, naysayers. And uh, when you put Christ first in your ministry, you do your work as to the Lord. And you not only do more and do your best, but the burden is light. And if you remember in um, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, uh, there's a, this section of scripture uh, pertains to the record of the parable of the talents. And what had happened was, um, oh, okay, yeah, the, the parable, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second there. But uh, the, Matthew 25, 14 to 30 um, is the parable of the talents. And contrary to what the man said, in Matthew 25, 24, Jesus Christ is not a hard man to uh, work for, for whom it is difficult to work. Because Matt, uh, in Matthew 11:30, Jesus Christ gives us his promise that for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's his promise, and isn't that true? And uh, I don't know about you, but who would you rather have as, uh, as your master? Uh, rather than Jesus Christ. I mean, I know for me, I, nobody. I mean, there's nobody I want to serve more than Jesus Christ. And he'll always pick you up when you're down and lift you out. He doesn't rebuke you. He'll lift us up. And so we want Jesus Christ to be our master. At least I do. Um, something else happens when you put Jesus Christ first in your ministry. You stop watching other Christians and passing judgment on what they do or what God does with them or in them and we have to park it here for a few minutes because this is important because people watching is a very popular pastime uh, among Christian workers, 
workers. It's certainly a major pastime in the uh, secular world, that's for sure. But unfortunately, it's a major pastime in Christian ministry, in churches, with Christian workers. But it's so dangerous. And this is where rifts and divisions can come into play. And if you keep your, if you keep your eyes of faith on Jesus Christ and seek to please Him alone, you won't have either the time or the desire to uh, watch what other people are doing. And uh, if we go to another parable, uh, Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16, this was a parable, uh, what had happened was uh, Peter had asked Jesus a question, uh, what shall we have in Matthew 19, 27? And to answer that question, Jesus came back with this parable of the workers in the vineyard. And the first workers who were hired made two mistakes. They demanded and they complained. They demanded and they complained. They demanded a guaranteed wage, and what they got, when they got what they asked for, they complained about it. Why? Why did they complain about getting what they asked for? Because they were watching the other workers to see how long they had worked, um, and to see how much they were paid. Uh, and they said, these last men have worked only one hour. They, they were complaining. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Matthew 20 and 12. You see, don't we do that? Don't people do that? You ask for something, you get something, and then you complain when somebody else gets a better deal. Have you ever complained about this? Have you ever complained because God gave others a better deal than he gave you? Perhaps the people don't seem to work as hard as you do. Maybe they haven't been in Christian service as long as you have. Yet God bypassed you and blessed them, rewarded them abundantly, and maybe even openly. And you know what? What can happen is Satan can use a thing like that to get a foothold in your life and in your ministry and make you bitter or cause your bitterness and create problems uh, for everybody around you. And again, this can cause... Divisions in church. In fact, it's a major problem in churches that uh, uh, situations that cause division. A lot of them start because of people watching. Uh, those those workers in the vineyard, uh, besides bitterness, I, I'm sure jealousy and greed were part of the package. Uh, bitterness, jealousy, greed, possibly even anger can come in there. All those negative emotions Satan will use uh, to take you down and to, uh, to uh, possibly cause uh, strife in your church, because that's what he's after. He doesn't want God getting blessed. Um, and just to, I have to go over a few things here about, uh, this is really uh, interesting. Um, in Romans 12, in Romans 12, there's a short list of gifts, and we're going to call those uh, motivational gifts. You know, it talks about leadership and giving and, uh, ministering, uh, teaching, and each one, of, and it's not necessarily a complete list, it's, it's a short list, and, I'm, and these, this is where God, this is what God chose to put in there, but there are other gifts and subsections of, of each one of these gifts, but we don't, we don't have to go there in this particular segment, but bottom line is, uh, we call them motivational gifts because they're gifts that move us to action. And just to give you an idea of something which is really interesting is that each one of these gifts 
has problems that can arise as a result of the gift. Example, a teacher. If they ha if all the gifts have strengths and weaknesses associated with that particular gift. And we're just going to look at one um, teacher, uh, one, uh, some of the strengths, ability to study, and they're analytical, they're systematic, they're strong researching skills, they're able to communicate in a relatable, relatable way to others, uh, understand and succeed, and they're sound, they're rational, instructive. Um, and on the negative side, the weak side, it's they always have to have a reason. They tend to be debated. Uh, they tend to make debate. They appear argumentative. They're literalist. They're proud. They're arrogant. Board routine task. And uh, again, this is just one example, but you, you see where we're going with this. And what happens is also uh, when God God calls us from our mother's womb, we we see in uh, in scripture. And what happens is when God calls us to ministry, He gives us the personality that we need in order to execute the plan that he has for us in that ministry and in our lives. So what can happen is, as you know, I'm sure you've heard uh, situations over your lifetime about personality traits and uh, personality clashes. You hear that uh, all the time. And what will happen is uh, your, your flesh will fight every gift. And when you interact with other people, other workers, other Christian workers, you can have a conflict as when the, the different gifts get together and interact. Um, and it's perceptions that come into play. It's perceptions because, again, if, if yeah, on the leadership end, sometimes you, you come across as, you know, very demanding and, and that kind of thing. And then somebody who has a different gift perceives that as being arrogant and, and you know, things like that. So that, that is what Satan will try to, he'll try to use and pervert the gifts of God. He's always after the gifts of God, perverting the gifts of God. So in your interaction with other people, with other workers, especially in Christian ministry, you have to be aware of these uh, possible conflicts. And if, when you're aware of the percep perception aspect of this, and you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses based on that gift you have, or gifts that you have, then you're able to deal with it, because you recognize the situation. And then Satan can't get a foothold in there and uh, reap the havoc that he wants to reap. And what happens is um, you have to have a, a, an, an attitude of gratitude. And you don't want to have bitterness, envy, strife, and division come into play. And, and again, this is prevalent in, in churches. And it's so sad because we should be servicing, serving the Lord Jesus Christ and focusing on that. And we shouldn't be watching what other people are doing. And keep in mind, too, that God blesses according to needs. So when he might bless somebody else, and again, they may be uh, doing less than you or whatever the case, uh, keep in mind that you may not need the blessing. You may not need financial support. You may not need the pay that, uh, that comes with your service. But yet somebody else may have been praying for a very long time to get a job that they could be happy on that where they could serve and make money to feed their family. 
and meet their needs. And then also, if it's a Christian situation, it could be where God not only was the person praying for a long time, but God may have been working on the pastor or whomever in that ministry does the hiring to get them to a point where they would entertain hiring this other person. So you see, there's a lot that goes into the mix. And unless you have that motivation of serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have that mindset of Him working through you, you can easily get off track and make problems for yourself, the people around you, your family, your friends, your church, your pastor, the staff around you, whatever the case might be. Ministry isn't easy, but you make it more difficult for yourself when you serve people instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't please everybody. We've heard that over our lifetimes as well, so don't even try. Just live and work in such a way that your master will be able to say, You are my beloved servant in whom I am well pleased. Don't you want to hear that at the Bama seat when we're up before Jesus Christ? Don't you want to hear him say, You are my beloved servant in whom I am well pleased? And uh, keep in mind the, um, the uh, definition of uh, ministry that we set forth very early on in this exploration. Uh, where, and it's Warren Wiersbe's uh, definition, where it says, uh, Ministry happens when heavenly resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And you see, God has to get the glory from your ministry. God has to get the glory from your servant. And if he doesn't, then something's wrong. And uh, we have to have attitudes of gratitude. We have to be thanks livers, or we should be thanks livers. Instead of complaining and griping, if we say we're, we have an attitude of gratitude, we should not complain. We should be blessed serving in whatever capacity God is using us, not watching other people, and uh, serving with a happy heart, a cheerful heart. And keep in mind that, um, uh, in fact, I'm going to leave you with this, um, with this thought. Thoughts? Thoughts stimulate emotions, which then result in attitude and finally produce behavior. So, keep you, refocus your motivation. Focus on serving the Lord Jesus Christ with the mindset that it's Him working in and through you to get the job done. God bless and have a great day. Till next time, Tony Mango, signing off. God bless.